Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, and Happy New Year, everybody. Alongside me today is Pete Robertson, as always. What's up? How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Me too. Happy New Year, 2022, in the house. Yeah, where did 2021 go? Um, the last two years have been so surreal. We have 2020, we were in lockdown. A blur. And then 2021, we were part kind of locked down. We were trying to figure out this whole thing. Yeah. And it's gone by so fast. So what's going to happen in 2022? You got any big predictions for the new it, year? It seems like they're trying to lock us down again. It sure does. It I sure mean, does. it's like they're this thing is like going back. I heard that there's restrictions going back into schools now. Yep. With yep. mask wearings and what different things. What is it? Um, Omicron or I'm a something like that. Yeah, Omicron. Um, Omicron. Is that a Greek letter? I don't know. Is or it? did they run out of Greek letters? I don't know. Because we were doing know. Delta and yeah, yeah, maybe Phi Beta Kappa and <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. But what Tri-Delta, comes from the Omicron? What's the next one? I mean, it's it's like we get to the point and we're like, do we worry? Do we fear anymore? Do we get the vaccine? Do we not get the vaccine? Does the vaccine work? Or should we wear masks? Not wear masks? I mean, I think so many questions. The world, the world as a whole, is confused. So we are entering 2020, 2020 Wait, twenty twenty two. I can't even say You're it. Right. Confused. It is affecting us all because it's talked about nonstop everywhere in the world. Yeah. I well, I don't know. Maybe this this one seems to be. I don't. It just seems to be more contagious. I don't know what to believe anymore. But it doesn't seem to be as deadly. So maybe it's a blessing. Maybe. People get it and get natural immunity and all that good stuff. I, I have, know. I agreed. I have tendencies to try to almost fear sometimes when I'm around a large crowd indoors. I, I really do. It's something inbred in me where I start thinking, maybe I shouldn't ta- touch people. Maybe I should keep my distance from somebody but else. But then at the same time, I don't have fear because I'm not relying upon my own self. I put my trust and my hope in Jesus. Right. And so that is the reason why I'm able to go out into public. That is the reason why I'm still able to live my life normally, even though all of this chaos and all these things are happening. But it's because of Jesus that I'm able to do that. Otherwise, though, I mean, I'm just being honest. There, I do think about it sometimes. You, did you feel that way before COVID or is that... that- that has changed. Something new since COVID. That is since COVID. That's a good point. See, because you bring that up. And, and I remember going to Disney World on the 4th of July about five five years ago, seven years ago, something like that, and saying to myself, I will never do this again because it was so packed. Yeah. It was like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. It, it was There were so many people waiting to see the, see the fireworks. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again. And that was before COVID. COVID, you know, it wasn't, I was afraid of a pandemic or anything. So I don't find myself fearing it. I mean, you know, you still walk around the stores and it's like, you know, people are 50% masked, 50% not masked. And I I don't, I'm just not. I think my fear stems from, because I have chronic asthma. Some people don't know that, but I do. And chronic sinusitis. And I think it, because it attacks your immune and your lungs and so forth i think that's the reason why i'm thinking about it yeah that makes sense so, so there is a level of self-protection that i have but at the same time my lifestyle is is still the same i don't think that's changed at all but my consciousness and my awareness of what's around me has and i have that is the difference with me today versus before covid before covid yeah so that's I, 2022 for me yeah right. i mean to me so the sad part is just how many people it seems have just stopped living because of covid that's you know, that's the part that bothers yeah. me 
And that's stuff we've addressed on the show many yeah. times is, yeah. is trying to um, get outside of the allowing Satan. I mean, think about it. Back in Jesus's days, they still had stuff. Sure. They still had, you know, big diseases and everything else. And so they, um, they lived their life. They gave holy kisses back then, man. They were giving <laughs> hugs and hanging out. And their, their houses are a lot smaller than our houses that we have today. I mean, we have a lot bigger, you know, events. We have more space. More space. We have filtration devices. We have all that good stuff. So what'd we, you, we have clean water. We do. What did you do on um, New Year's Day? I mean, let's change subjects. New Year's again. Day, I just think, what was that, Saturday? I think I just watched some football. They had, um, you had some bowl games on. I didn't. I don't remember. <laughs> I watched a really good like Rose Bowl. A, Did you like see a, the Rose Bowl game? Yeah, I, I watched. Some, well, that's right. We watched some of the Rose, the parade, yeah. and then I watched some of the games. I don't think I sat and watched any of the games all the way through. The day before was the, the semifinals, and those were both kind of like yeah. blowouts. Those were yeah. anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, but that sets up the national championship next week. And Georgia, uh, Alabama. Yeah, Georgia, Alabama. So hmm. who do you, who do you think is going to win that? Uh, I think Alabama. My heart wants Georgia. Yeah, I think Georgia's going to win. If Coach Mark is listening to this, sorry. Just beating the same, <laughs> beating the same team twice. When I mean, both both teams are phenomenal, obviously, and they proved it in the semifinals that they are a lot better than than everybody else. Um, but Georgia's defense just really, really impresses me. I I, I think that's that. I think that's what's going to win the game. But we'll, you know. Someone asked I'm me one time, "Can I pray for my team to win?" And does God hear my prayer? What? How do you answer that, Bob? <laughs> Yes, you can pray. Yes, he hears your prayers. And uh, I don't know that the outcome of football games is high on his priority list. He can care less. But uh, <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Um, you know what? I, I had this conversation with somebody in church on Sunday. And it's funny. There was some just discussions going around. And then all of a sudden, people started talking about college football. And I just went up to him. I go, man, if we were half as passionate about Jesus as we are about college football— Man, we would reach this world for Christ. It's amazing how passionate people are about college football. Any sports. It's yeah. just not that. Yeah. I mean, soccer. I mean, think about the world. Around I'm the world. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, soccer. That's so true. You know, they have rugby's big. They have cricket's big. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, ours is football, baseball, basketball. The, Especially in the hockey. South. College football in the South yeah. is, is just huge. Yeah. So, But it's true. And, and But Jesus, what he cares about isn't the results. He cares about the individual and how they are playing so that he is glorified. And um, we could do it in our own strength or we could do it in God's strength. And what God cares about is that the individual and, and blessing that individual so that he is glorified ultimately. So that could be on both sides. You know, God could be pouring out his spirit on both sides. And, and so that he is. They, they thrive. Yeah. Ho hopefully there's <laughs> followers of Christ on both sides of the team. So oh, I'm certain of it. Yeah. God's not picking sides. We're yeah. picking sides. That's so, it. Yeah. So we get all into whatever, but you know, that's right. I don't know about praying to God and asking God to, you yeah, know. I don't know. You never know though. If it's, <laughs> if it's to bring him glory and it's for his greater purpose, but why not? You right. know? Oh, so, so new year, you know what I saw the other day, kind of something kind of funny, you know, February 22nd will be two, 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 two. Mm. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. We should celebrate that we day. <laughs> we could call it well, Washington's birthday or we'll something We'll have two, like two, that. twos all over us to, and do something. That is George Washington's birthday, right? It is? I think so. Yeah, you would know that. <laughs> Jeez. The guy so knows all the pre past Washington, president's right? birthday. How many president's birthdays do you know? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. He's that's, just one of your favorites, so. I think that's the only one I know, honestly. Because oh, he is one of your favorites. 
Here we well, are, quiet. We're, we're going to talk about... Um, oh, wait, uh, we're going to go into the show? Yeah, let, well, <laughs> we should probably go into the show. Now that we're done way. rambling? <laughs> we're done rambling. It's a new year, Pete. It's a new opportunity. I'm His excited. mercies are new, yes. right? But they're new every day. Yes. Not just every year, but... Yeah. The new year gives us an opportunity to kind of jump into some of that stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about a topic that uh, uh, is fascinating to me, confusing to me. So I am looking forward to learning a lot from today's show. So I, I pray our listeners learn something as well. But I, I know that I'm going to learn today. So we, as we talk about the difference between mercy and grace, and some of you are like, what? That's the same thing. Mercy and grace, same thing. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But yeah. before we jump into that, why don't we open up in prayer? Yeah. So, Heavenly Father, we uh, uh, we love you. We give you this new year. It's exciting. It's a, it's a fresh start. It's just, there's something about the new year that's just just refreshing. And uh, we just ask you to uh, be a part of that. We ask you to just uh, help us seek you more in this new year, Lord. And as we dive into this this topic of, um, of mercy and grace today, Lord, I pray that you would teach us something new, that uh, you would just kind of clarify, clarify what that means uh, in each of our lives, and that, uh, man, you would just reach out and touch our listeners today, Lord, that uh, you would give them something to just grab a hold on to and uh, help them out in the start of this new year. So, Father, we give you the show now. We thank you for our listeners. Thank you for the people behind the scenes that are putting it together. And we, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I think we came up to this because, you know, starting a new year, you know, it's kind of like that whole New Year's resolution where, you know, everything's fresh, everything's new. So what do we need most starting the new year. I mean, for me personally, it's mercy and grace. For me personally, I would love to grasp that the most because everything in my life revolves around that. Everything does. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Everything. And so let's just dive in and 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 see how God takes us, and yeah, hopefully we can it. do our justice in explaining the difference between grace and yeah, mercy. Yeah, and you've kind of already hit the opening statement, Pete. Yeah. Um, just what what's the difference between mercy and grace? So we're gonna just we're gonna dive right into that. The okay. Greek word used for mercy is most often elios, yeah, um, which means pity or compassion, and for grace, the word charis, which means favor. Mercy is the act of withholding deserved punishment, while grace is the act of en- of endowing unmerited favor. In his mercy, God does not give us punishment we deserve, namely hell, while in his grace, God gives us the gift we do not deserve, namely heaven. Mercy and grace are two sides of the same coin, and that coin is love. Mercy and grace are often mistakenly thought of to be New Testament concepts, but in fact, they are manifested throughout the entire scriptures. Yeah, today a little bit, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and touch on some of that grace and mercy that we find in the Old Testament, we're also going to touch on a little bit that we find in the, in the New Testament. But, you know, mercy has to do with, you know, kindness and compassion um, that someone gives or God gives us. It's often spoken of in context of God not punishing us as our sins deserve. Um, grace includes kindness and compassion, but it also carries the idea of bestowing a gift of favor. It may help to view mercy as a subset of grace. In Scripture, mercy is often equated with a uh, deliverance from judgments, and grace is always the extending of a blessing to another un- to the unworthy. So, what are we saying? I just confused myself with that <laughs> well, as well. I mean, when I so we were talking about this in the show prep, and, and when I think of mercy, I think of uh, not getting what you deserve, and and grace being getting what you 
getting what you don't deserve. Yeah. But I like the way you put it. You you explained kind of you t- took us into a courthouse. Yeah. And I like that ex- ex- yeah, that exclamation. Well, you know, you look at it this way, so you do, you know, mercy is this. So you're you do do something that um, causes you to have to go before a judge. Okay, so you've you've messed up. You're outside of the lines. You've broke the law. You've committed adultery. Or no, that's not murder. Yeah, Let's go murder. with murder. Yeah, can't everybody? Uh, I shouldn't say everybody commits adultery, but it is against the law in most places. Yeah. But anyway, so you do something enforced. in a way that you have to stand before a judge, and so the judge looks at you, hears your case, and he acknowledges is that yes, you are. Uh, you have broken the law, you are a sinner, you have chosen the wrong path. And then he says, but I'm going to grant you mercy today. I'm going to set you free from the consequences of your actions. And so that is mercy. So that helps us understand that in a big picture. Now, grace is this. The judge then comes down from the bench and he comes alongside of you and he says, now, I want to now give you the tools. I want to give you the finances. I want to give you whatever it is necessary for you to walk properly in this new opportunity that I've given you through the mercy. And 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 the the point of it is this, it's unmerited. It's not deserved. And so he's not only is he giving you mercy, but he's also wanting to help supply and help you to walk in a way that's that's pleasing, that's right. And so it's like, I know that you had trouble in the past and I know you kept messing up and I'm going to give you mercy and mercy and mercy. But at the same time, I now want to come alongside of you and I want to supply all of your needs. I want to take care of you. I want to give you the tools and the things necessary so that you can now, and that is the mercy, that is the grace that, that has been given. You know, a word comes to mind to me is empowered. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. You were you were talking earlier about the about the power well, about grace being a power word. Yeah, we have to understand that because is is every day when I wake up, my my mind immediately goes to Lord, I I plead mercy upon my life because I know that uh, somewhere down the line, yesterday or in the morning or whatever. I was offline. I was, I was, you know, God's a holy God. We have to understand that God is perfect and, and he does everything perfectly. And we are not perfect. We are, we have, we've, we're not, we have not arrived yet until we arrive. We have not arrived. We're still on this journey. We're still learning. We're still trying to figure out the right things to do, the very best things to do. And there are moments in our day that we fall short of that. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. And so we need God's mercy. Mercy is that God has given to us because we deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve damnation because the opposite of holiness is, is that. It's going, we're, you know, we're going to hell for all eternity if we do not have God's mercy upon our life. And so I need that. And then I also need every day is the, the ability to be able to live a holy life. And I do not have that outside of God's grace. And so God's grace is given to me as a power, as something that I can use in order to achieve the success or the standards that God has asked of me. And so, um, you know, when we are, when we're operating, and let me just tell the story a little bit of, I told you about the Garden of Eden, about the, about how we were created. So we were created as, as um, uh, body, spirit, and soul, soul, body, spirit, or spirit spirit, body, soul, however you want to cut it. There's three parts. God's created and, and, or he's, he's one, but he's father, son, Holy spirit. 
okay? In order for us to be able to achieve or to receive this mercy and grace, we must be in connection with God's Spirit, okay? But when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened was the Spirit was dead. The Spirit died, and only body and soul was left. Remember when it said in Genesis 3 when they were walking in the garden and they hid themselves from God? Well, they knew God's voice. They knew what he sounded like, but they hid themselves because the spirit, the connection they had with God was broken at that time. And so then God had to cast them out of that because they were now, the, the, their connection with God was broken because of sin. And then now that's when the, you know, the thirst for to find God again, to come to know God, God set up a standard. He, he gave them laws. He gave them understandings. He set up Israel. He said, here, this is the way that you can have fellowship with God. You have to go through these things and get there. But then when Jesus came, what happened with Jesus, because he lived the perfect life and he was the sacrifice once and for all, he then reestablished ourselves to be able to have alignment with the spirit. So now we have the spirit connection again. So we, once we become born again, we are given the spirit's help. We are connected with the spirit. So now we can have conversation with God again. We can have communion with God. Well, that is God's grace and mercy. We don't get the communion, the born again, without him forgiving our sins. And he's able to forgive our sins because of what Jesus did. So the mercy was given to us so that we are now connected with the Yahweh, with the, the, the God of the universe. And then he's also, not only that, he's also given us all the tools that Jesus used or had to be able to live on this, this earth with as a perfect life to live with the grace of God so that we are empowered to do the things that Jesus was able to do. Because apart from that, we do not have it. So as I was telling you in our prep meeting, like my neighbor across the street doesn't know the Lord, okay? So my neighbor is operating in body and soul. I operate in body, soul, and spirit. And so I am now connected with the spirit of God in all the tools and all the things that, are, that come along with it. He's the, he's the author and finisher of my life. He's the beginning of the end. He's the alpha and the mega. He, 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 gives us, he gives us everything that we need to be able to succeed. He gives me peace. He gives me joy. He gives me wisdom. He gives me knowledge. He gives me comfort. He gives me the things that I need to be able to thrive on this planet, but that is God's grace. My neighbor doesn't have that. You know, remember in the Bible where it says that, you know, they do not under things the things of God? Well, they don't understand the things of God is because they have not been given the mercy and grace that God gives. Through his son, Jesus Christ, they do not have that connection through the spirit with God. And so that is the difference. So mercy is, is we need it every day because we fall short. We need to plead God's mercy. Grace we need every day because we need to be empowered to be able to do the things that God needs us and wants us to do to live holy and pleasing lives for him. Wow, that's really good, Pete. I, mean, I think we, we talk about grace a lot more than we talk about mercy. And I think we need to never take God's mercy for granted. In fact, if God gave us what we deserve right now, we would all be condemned uh, for eternity. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 51, 1 through 2 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So it's like, you know, we're starting from this this point of we're already condemned. I mean, John three eighteen says we're condemned already, right? Yeah. Ephesians two one says <clears throat> you are dead in your sins. Yeah. So you know it's easy to kind of just focus on the grace part and forget how important the mercy part is. Yeah, Max Lucado said God's mercies are new every morning, so receive them. 
That's in Lamentations, right? God's verse. Yeah. Lamentations three twenty two and twenty three. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So that's that's what Max Cato says. So every morning we need to receive God's mercy. Dwight L. Moody said, "A man does not get grace till he comes down to the ground, till he sees he needs grace. When a man stoops to the dust and acknowledges that he needs mercy, that it is that the Lord will give him grace." Say that again? Yeah. So it's he's basically saying, Dwight L. Moody is saying, until the man repents of his sin, until he comes to the, till he bows before God the Creator and pleads for mercy, God, I deserve death, hmm. he then can be granted grace. It's kind of like what we talked about in the courtroom. He, you cannot, the Bible says, you cannot come to the throne room in a haughty spirit. You cannot come in your pride. You have to come with a broken and contrite spirit. You have to come humbly before the throne. And and when we wake up in the morning and we humble ourselves and we plead God's mercy upon us, that then God's favor will fall upon us so that we then can receive his grace to be able to live out our walk with Jesus Hmm. that day. Don't we want to do that backwards? We're like, I want to feel God's favor and then I'll and then I'll surrender everything. It doesn't work that way. No. It, it can't work that way. No. And but we need both. So we need the power of grace to be able to achieve the success that God desires so that he is glorified. But we need his mercy so that we can have the grace. And so we need to pray that God would give us mercy. We deserve nothing good from God as we stated, and God does not owe us anything good. So we have to understand that God does not owe us anything. God created us to have fellowship with him in Garden of Eden for all eternity. That's what his desire is. And one day we will have that. It says in, in Revelations 20, it says that every knee will bow, every tongue confess before the Lord. But one day all of us will be able to, that have surrendered their lives to Jesus, be in fellowship with him for all eternity again. That's what his intentions was from the beginning. That's his intentions at the end. That we have fellowship mm. always. Return of the Garden of Eden. It is. Yeah. But we now, because of Jesus, are able to live this life, though, the same way that he was able to live this life. And so that's what we're talking about. So he, because of what his death, burial, and resurrection, we are now, the perfect sacrifice was given. We are now extended that mercy by God, from God, and we are now given the grace that he had to be able to live this life perfectly for his glory. We, we, do, we don't do it on our own accord. We do it according to his perfect will and what he desires for us to do. Ephesians 2, 5 says, even when we were dead in our trespass, we were made alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. Grace is simply defined as unmerited favor. God favors us. He shows us approval and kindness and blessing us with good things that we do not deserve and could never earn. So again, he's, he's saying that it's, it's because of Christ, we are now able to be blessed, honored, given, all of the good things that God gives, we now can have because of his grace. Apart from him, we have nothing. We can do nothing. But in him, in Christ, we have all of that. My neighbor across the street does not have that. They do not know the Lord, but they could have that if they would give their lives to Jesus. Then they would become born again, as it says in John 3 with Nicodemus. They, once they become born again, they then have that spirit connection again. Mercy and grace is now given to them. And now they can live a fulfilled and freedom life like we are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You you just read Ephesians 2, 5, but let, let me read kind of that in context. Okay. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. 
It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ, in order that in the coming ages he might show the the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not from yourself. That is that it is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one may boast. Yeah, so you notice how at the beginning it says that, you know, great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, mm. okay? So the mercy is always first. If we do not receive the mercy, we do not receive the grace. And so because, and the only way to receive that mercy is through a broken and contrite spirit. We have to come to God broken before him. We have to surrender our will and we have to surrender our allegiance over to him from ourselves, say, because our self is in charge until we say, God, you're in charge. Once we say, God, I believe in you. I believe what you did on the cross. I believe that you rose again on the third day. I believe that you lived the perfect life. I believe that you're going to give me um, the ability to be able to live out this life according to your will, according to what you did, and that we and I and I believe you. And so God then says, Okay, well done, good and faithful servant. I give you my mercy. And then on, not on top of that, I'm now going to give you the opportunity through grace to be able to do the things that I want. And that's what it's talking about here at the end. When he says, it is by grace you have been saved. Well, how are you saved by grace? I thought it was mercy. No, you are saved because of the grace God gives you because now you have the tools to be able to do the things that made you saved. You gotta, you know, it's like, if I, if I give my life to the Lord and I still lived my life as a, as a sinner, as a person that was just like not acting like God is even in my life, I don't have his grace because I'm going ahead and just doing my own thing. I don't even think I'm saved. The only reason why I'm saved is because I have accepted God's mercy and now I'm doing the things that God has equipped me with to do. I am saved. So I am able to do things on my, that, that I cannot do on my own. That's why it's a free gift. It's through faith because I believe in him. He has now given that to me. I am now able to uh, be equipped to be saved, to do what God wants and desires for me. It's a gift, not of works. It's not because I'm earning it. I can't get this on my own. It's just a free gift. You have to receive it. Yep. All right. Psalms 103, 1 through 5 says, let's, uh, we, we see both mercy and grace given um, to the Israelites. Let's read it. So 103 verse 1 through 5 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, mercy, and heals all your diseases, um, who redeems your life, grace, from the pit and the crowns you with a love, grace, and compassion, grace, who satisfies your desires with good things, grace, so that your youth is renewed like the egos. Mm. So there it is. So, so uh, Psalms 103, 1 through I praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. So this is a broken, contrite spirit. Praise his holy name. He's worshiping. He's humbling himself before God. He's recognizing that he's king. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So again, he's recognizing that God blesses, who forgives all your sins, mercy, and heals all your diseases, mercy who redeems your life from the pit, from grace, um, well, mercy and crowns you with love. That's grace, pat, compassion, satisfies your desires with good things so that you're new. So there it is right there. Mercy and grace, all in the same sentence. King David got it, huh? Yeah. 
And then we can find God's mercy and grace throughout the Bible. In fact, it is filled with God giving it to many imperfect people to accomplish this person uh, purpose. So let's just let's look at a few with um, examples in the Old Testament. So God grace infuses Noah's story, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So what is that? What is that saying? Well, this is like I think I think I just read this this morning. It was um, right after God's like. I, he was feeling bad that he even created man, right? He was like having second thought. Why did I even do this? I'm going to destroy them all. But at that moment, somehow Noah found grace or found, uh, yeah, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So there were, there was, there was always, there was always one, right? There's a big story here. So it goes back to the Nephilim in Genesis 6, 1 through 4. It goes back to all of this sin was rampantly going through uh, man at the time. And God was looking at man and he was saying, they're just about themselves. They're sinning. They're, they're, they're doing things that are bad. And then in God's grace and mercy to mankind, he pulled a separated for himself, Noah, to be able to save all of mankind to continue on afterwards. He didn't completely annihilate them. He said, all right, I see a man that's trying. He's broken before me. He's wanting to serve me. I'm going to show him mercy. And then the grace that he gave him was the ability to understand what he was saying and the ability to build the ark according to his plan and to do it for God's glory. So he was given grace and he didn't give grace to anybody else. He didn't show that to, to any other mankind. He separated Noah for that. And then at the end of the flood, we know the story that God says, all right, I did it that way that time, but I'm never going to flood the earth again. I'm not going to wipe out the earth again. And the promise that I'm going to give is the rainbow. And so we see the rainbow. And so now we know that God's grace has been sufficient. So every time you see the, no, the it's rainbow, it's a reminder that yeah. God's grace was shown out on Noah and also all of human mankind. So that's the first one. Are we the next one? Yeah, number two, God's grace endures in spite of Abraham and Sarah's unbelief. And in you, all the families on earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis 12. So, I mean, so let's try to picture Abraham uh, now. So Abraham uh, tried to offer his wife off to other people <laughs> so, because he was fearful. And he was thinking, oh, well, they're going to kill me if I don't do this. So he, even his wife is his, his sister, um, but at the same time, from a different parent, but I think it was dad or mom, different mom. But he was saying, all right, but I'm going to offer her off as, as my uh, sister so that I don't get killed. So he's doing it out of fear. He's, he's, he's sinning. You know, he sinned with Hagar when his wife said, hey, you know, have, a maid, you know, have my maidservant and have her, you know, her for sheep. Because, but God didn't tell him that. Nope. God said I was the one that was going to supply. But he took it on his own oath to do it. There's a message in timing there, right? So yeah. he's, but in, in, so in spite of all of that, and I'm sure there's a gazillion other sins that Abraham did that we did not see. But in spite of all that, he says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And what he was telling him was, is through your line, Abraham, through your lineage, through your seed, I am going to bring the Messiah through that and that the whole world can be saved through the Messiah and, and, and have eternal life. I'm going to give the opportunity so that my mercy and my grace can be extended to everybody, but I'm going to do this through your seed. I mean, think about that. That's huge. So that happened in the Old Testament. All right, what's the next one? Next one is about Joseph. Um, God's grace for Joseph gave him strength to persevere. And uh, let me read Genesis 45, 7. You intended to harm me, but God's, God intended it for good. 
He revealed his perspective in Genesis 45, 7, where he says, But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. God used difficult and trying circumstances to position Joseph as the savior of his people. So, I mean, talking about the story of Joseph there, where his brothers sell him into slavery, he gets you know, falsely accused of uh, what of raping the of Potiphar's wife. I mean, he was thrown into prison and forgotten about, even after revealing the dreams of what the 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 uh, the baker and the and the man. I'm forgetting the candlestick maker. No, that's that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> the baker and the cupbearer, uh, and then gets forgotten and gets you know still left in prison. So I mean, I think of poor Joseph. I was like, man, all these things he had to go through. But he still had that relationship with God, and he, you know, he, he kept he he kept thinking. I, I don't know the right words to put it, but I love how he puts it here that what God, what these people had meant for evil, God had God had used for good, and ends up saving his brothers and the nation of Israel from famine, basically because of his position as he rises to what the second in power in Egypt. It's just crazy. I, I love that story. If you guys aren't familiar with the story of Joseph. Um, dive into towards the end of, uh, Gen- Genesis. of Genesis. Yeah, it's it's an amazing story, and I, I, I love so it. how did how did Joseph get mercy? Well, I mean, a few times. Well, he could have been killed in the pit when they threw him in the pit. So how do you get mercy though? What do we have to do to get mercy? We have to be broken, broken. and contrite. We yeah. have to come humbly before God. Remember what God said to the Israelites. He says, what is that bleeding I hear in my ears of, of all that sacrifices that you're doing? He goes, that means nothing to me. What means something to me is that you would come with a broken and contrite spirit. Mm. I much prefer your worship than I do your sacrifice. And so here's Joseph in a, in a broken spirit. He recognizes, okay, this is outside of my control. Right. I, what else am I going to do? They're throwing me into the well. I am being sold off into slavery. And now I'm in prison for nothing I did. I ran away from Potiphar's wife because I didn't want to get caught with that affair. So here I'm in prison. Now what? And so he says, I come broken before God. And God showed him mercy. And then in the midst of that mercy, God then gave him grace. And the grace that he was given was, was the dreams and the visions and the things that he was able to see and, and, the, and the wisdom that he had because he had wisdom beyond his years. All of that was God's grace. That was the goodness of God being poured out on him. That's a great picture, Pete. So that now allows him to be able to thrive for God's glory. I did. He did everything for his glory. God saw a broken man, gave him mercy, and God says, I now desire to give you grace. I want you to thrive. And that's what God is saying. All right. What's the next one? Oh, really good. All right. Let's jump to Moses. Moses doubted God at every turn, yet God graciously guided him. But Moses said... Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. <laughs> that sounds familiar for <laughs> yeah. us. No, never said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was not righteous invasion of truth. <laughs> Moses was, a fl- as, was as flawed as they come, arrogant, stubborn, and doubtful. Yet God faithfully walked with him, and as time passed, Moses learned how to faithfully obey. God used this blemished shepherd to lead the wayward sheep out of captivity. God chose to listen to and walk with a man who, in his youth, killed another with his bare hands. Yeah, so again, it's just, I think what this is pointing out that um, God is saying that all the people in the Old Testament had flaws just like you and I. 
and and they all came to them came to the end of themselves and said, you know what, I can't do this on my own anymore. I have to be broken before the Lord. I need His mercy, and in order to do what He is asking of me to do, I'm going to need His grace because I cannot do it apart from that. That's what's happening here with Moses. All right, well, give us another example. Okay, um, yeah, and if you want to read that for yourself, that's in Exodus four. Um, the next one: the Israelites repeatedly rebel against God, yet He graciously rescues them. And he could hear, and he could bear Israel's misery no longer. Judges ten sixteen. You know, and the context here is that he sent judges to be able to save them from the Philistines and what was happening at that time. And Samson, you know those stories, you know Gideon's story. <clears throat> but God is basically saying again, his mercy is constantly given to the Israelites. He's constantly saying, I'm going to look the other way in spite of your sins. I'm going to look the way I'm going to bring a Gideon and empower him with as much grace as possible that he's going to be able to use three. He only had 300 men to wipe out 100,000 Philistines. I'm going to give him the power and the grace to do that because he's a broken and contrite man that he's he's coming humbly before me and he's saying, God, use me. And so I granted him mercy and I granted him grace to be able to do that. Same thing with Samson. Samson screwed up. Samson went with Deliah. Samson wanted to sin. Samson did some dumb things. But at the end, he again, he cried out to God, God, I get, help me. Mercy was given. Grace was given. And that's what happens to all of us. So again, even with the Israelites, the, the ultimate thing that he says is through those people, through the Israelites, through the Jew, I'm bringing the Messiah, the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate goal, the ultimate sign of mercy and grace is he gave them that, and they rebelled against him constantly. Right. You, we got a couple more. <clears throat> give you, uh, Rahab bravely asked God to save her in spite of her past sins, and he did. In, in Joshua 2.11, it says, the Lord, your God, the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. The so Rahab story is that she's in the genealogy of God. Yeah. Rahab's a prostitute. God, God, she broke, broken and contrite before him. God showed her mercy. God showed her grace. And he says, I'm through your lineage. I'm going to bring the Messiah. Through a prostitute. Through a prostitute. That's right. Next. All right, one more. Um, David lusted, stole, fornicated, lied, and killed. <laughs> Can we say that on the radio? Or on a podcast? Yet God still saw his heart and loved him. He says, and uh, David says in Psalm 51.1, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So there, that shows his heart. So that, that verse alone shows that I know I am destined to hell because I have messed up. Lord, just cleanse me of my sin. Forgive me, mm. he said. He came broken. And then in the midst of that, God gave him grace and mercy. Gave him, because of the mercy, he gave him grace to be able to have wisdom, to lead the people. He had, he had grace to be able to do the things that he was able to achieve because of God's grace given to him. So remind me, remind me one more time, how do we get mercy? Through broken and contrite spirit. Awesome. We have to become broken before him to get his mercy. Once we have that mercy, we then get given the grace with it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. All right, now let's look at God's grace and mercy in the New Testament. In Acts 8, 3, we see Saul, who becomes Paul, persecuting the church. Yet God, in Acts 9, converted him to become the apostle of Christ and author of nearly half of the New Testament and the greatest church planner of all time. It just blows my mind because yeah. this guy is right, right in um, Acts 7. He's there when it's the stoning of Stephen. Yeah, holding their coats, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's this man has evil in his heart. He thinks he's doing God's will, but he's doing it with vengeance. He's doing it with hate. He's doing it with bitterness. And, religion. 
Yeah, he did it with religion. Yeah. And and then he comes to the road to Damascus and um and he and he sits there and he goes, "Okay, that, you know, God blinds him and God stops him in his tracks. He says, you're kicking against the goads. He goes, what are you doing? And he immediately recognizes, wait, this is a power greater than me. This is something that's a much more powerful and, is, and he's good. I feel his good, his presence, his love. And so Paul had a come to Jesus moment. You know? Literally. Yeah, he had a come to Jesus moment. And, and in that moment, he said, okay, I, have, I could do one or two things. I could continue on or I can just say, okay, God, Lord, what is it that you would want of me to do? And that's it. And many of us have had come to Jesus moments. Many of us have come to those crossroads in our life and we say, all right, God, I don't know what else to do, but I I need to come to you. And in that moment, God says, I give you mercy and I give you grace. And Paul, because he was so willing to do whatever God asked of him to do, was able to accomplish something extraordinary, not by my might, not by my power, but but by my spirit, says the Lord. God gave him the ability to be able to do great things by his grace. That's awesome. Another great example in the New Testament is um, is Peter. In Luke 22 and Matthew 26, we find Peter as an angry, foul-mouthed person denying. Do you know anybody like that? An angry, foul-mouthed person. You know what I find? Uh, segue. Most people that are foul-mouthed are already angry. I mean, that, that's, that's kind true. of, that's, you know, that's you shake, when you shake people, that's what comes out. Okay, anyway, sorry. We find Peter as an angry, foul-mouthed person denying Jesus, and yet God used him to preach to about three thousand, and about three thousand people were saved. That's on the Pentecost Acts two. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, again, it. I don't care so where that's you're the grace at. Part right? Yeah, I don't care where you're at in your life right now. If you're a foul-mouthed person, if you're angry, you hate the world, you hate government, you hate everything else. God says you can be you can repent right now. I can still use you, says God. Yeah, you can you can be broken and contrite before me, surrender all of that over to me and allow my grace to be poured out in you because I want to use you. I want to give you the tools to be able to succeed for my glory. I want to bring peace. I want to bring comfort. I want to bring answers to all your questions. I want to bring you truth. And that is what he did to Peter, and that's what happened. For him. That's awesome. Two more in the New Testament. Um, in John 20, Jesus tells Thomas to stop doubting him and believe. And yet God used him to preach the gospel in India and, po- and possibly Indonesia, according to tra- tra- tradition. Yeah, so here's here's somebody that's completely doubting him constantly, right? Yep, yep. I mean, it's like, you know. I got to see it to believe it, or I got to touch the wounds, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, how many people do we know like that? Like, uh, whatever, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure. You know, they some of them, they call them agnostics. You know, I believe there possibly could be a God, but, you know, I don't believe that maybe the God's the Bible, or I'm just not really sure. You know, it's, but here's, here's God saying, all right, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, you know, Thomas, whenever you're ready to bend your knee, whenever you're ready. And so here's, that's what God said to him, right? In, in Luke 22, wait, no. He said, uh, he's, where Thomas finally said, all right, God, I, I choose to surrender to you. I believe, you know, he said, touched his hands and, and that's when God, he changed it. All right, God, I get it. And he finally surrendered. And now he went on and he, you know, they have like a church in India. Um, I didn't get to see it when I was there. But I was going to say, you spent a lot of time in India. Yeah. There's a lot of influence from Thomas. Oh, Thomas is yeah. from it. Yep. All right, next. All right, one more. We don't want to leave the ladies out. In yeah. Luke 8 and Mark 16, the Bible <laughs> says that Mary Magdalene was a demon was demon possessed, and yet God graciously gave her a wonderful chance of being the first witness of the risen Christ. That's in John 20, 14. You know, they don't say that um, Mary was a disciple, but she was. And so I believe, you know, if anybody watched the, uh, the, the series Chosen, 
Mary Magdalene was always with the cloud. And I believe she was the, you know, there's maybe a few females that were there, but they, back in the days, they only gave the guys the precedence. They didn't say, you know, hey, she's a disciple. They should have. He probably had more. I believe that she was a part of the discipleship. And and God came to her. And if you anybody saw that show chosen and he touched her and he loved her and he and he and he and he cleansed her and he washed her and, and it was because that she was hurting. I mean, if you saw the the scene before, she was just broken before God and she wanted to kill herself. Yeah. And and she was just like, I I'm into my rope. I don't know what to do. And God heard her and touched her and gave her mercy, cleansed her of all of her sins, cleansed her of her uh, probably she was a prostitute, probably did stupid things and was possessed and, and healed her. And then he empowered her. He gave her the grace. And I mean, I bet you her ministry was just huge. If we, if the writer in that time would just talk about the ministry of the women, the Mary and Mary Magdalene and all of them, I bet you they were just huge, huge ministries that we yeah. don't get to see. Well, I, I think it's, it just shows how much Christ valued, valued women because I mean, even in all that, that time frame, there would never have been any women mentioned in any yep. of the stories. Yep. And yet throughout the gospels, Always. The women are mentioned all over the place. God so, brought more yep. to the human uh, women's rights than 100%. anybody. Yeah. yeah. Anybody. All right. Well, let's look at some other passages that talk about God's mercy and grace. Okay. Uh, Titus two eleven says for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Okay. So what is that saying? I don't know. No, based off of what we just talked about in context, what is that? So for by for the grace of God, okay, how do we get grace? By having a contrite, broken heart. Yeah, so we're broken before him. Yep. We're able to get grace. So the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So the then sal- he gives us grace. Yeah. So the salvation, though, that we have is the is the being set free from the bondages of the world. Okay, so we are now set free because of God's grace. We're now able to operate. We're living in freedom. It's a new life, new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, now all things are made new. That is God's grace. All right, next. And there's that power in that. Yep. So is that what the world can see? Yep. Excuse me. All right, Titus um, 3.7. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Okay, what's that say? Um, that man, we're, we're child, we're children of the King. We're children of the, of God. So that's huge. Yeah. We do not get the grace without the mercy and we do not get, uh, salvation without Christ. So having been justified by his grace, whose grace? Christ. Christ's grace. Yes. Okay. Christ's grace. We might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Again, the grace is the power. It's the tools. It's the, it's the goodness of God. It's the, it's the, you know, all of the things that we need to be able to do it. So that's part of being an heir with God. We get everything that he has. And then we also get to be eternal life as he originally created it to be at the beginning in garden of Eden. We're going to live with him in fellowship for all eternity. That's what it's saying. Amen. Yeah. John 1 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay, there it is. For law. Yeah. So, well, law was, was by, you know, that was given to us so that we can um, come to know who God is. So we were able to have, you know, God forgive us of our sins. We sacrificed. We did the things that are necessary so that we can at least operate somewhat in the spirit. But because of Jesus given through uh, him, be, now we have the ability to come boldly into the throne room. So now we're able to extend that grace so that we can come um, through the throne room and then experience God's truth. And it's only through Jesus Christ. 
So this is probably a bigger discussion, but does that does that mean the law doesn't matter anymore? No, we still live by the law because it's the very best way to live. So there's a lot of things that were given to the law that helps keep us on the narrow path. And so we do operate that. But the thing is, the grace is given to us so that we can live out the law. So with the grace, that with the power that God gives power. us, we can now live according to what the law says. So it's not that it's invalid, it's just not what saves us. 2 Timothy 1.9 sheds some valuable light on this topic. He says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Yeah, and again, it's just always been. God's always wanted to give it to us. He gave it to the Israelites. He's given it to us now. You know, it's, it's, it's the ultimate goal that Jesus achieved was he lived perfect and holy. And now that Jesus died and rose again and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, we are now able to live perfect and holy as Christ did. And it's only by the grace that God has given us. Without, so it's us learning to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust and acknowledge God in all things. If we lean on our own understanding, we are now operating in the flesh and we are not operating in grace. But when we surrender our circumstance, we surrender our our, our, our pressures, our deals of life. And we say, God, I can't do this. I don't know wisdom. I don't have a knowledge. Lord, I feel this. I feel whatever. And Lord, but it's not by my will, but by, nor by my power, but by your spirit, I trust in you, God. I surrender to you. God says, I now enable you to have my grace. Your grace, you're now operating in the spirit. You're now operating with authority that comes from Jesus. You now have power to overcome any obstacle that might come your way. That's only given us through Jesus Christ. And that's what that's saying. Without God's grace, salvation is impossible. Hmm. Okay, so let's do this. Any other thoughts? Christine, you can't, you're not on the mic, are you? <laughs> she got the mic pushed away from her, too. She's like, not going to take a chance you calling her out this week, Pete. It's a new year. She's like, I'm, I got this. This was a deeper uh, subject, but I think that uh, as a whole, I think we, we can kind of grasp the difference. And I think that, you know, we really want to learn that we need mercy every day. We need to say, God, get, please, you know, your mercy. Even though he, he's forgiven our sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow, once we surrender our life to the Lord, he's forgiven us. But, but, we, but we still want to show our broken and contrite spirit to him. We still every day want to come broken before him and say, God, I need your mercy. And, and that is just us acknowledging that we're not, we don't want to be in charge. We want you in charge. That's what we're saying. And then, and, and as we go through our day, as we go through our journey in life, we are going to need his grace. We're going to need the tools necessary to overcome. When we need peace, he's, he gives us peace. When we need comfort, he gives us comfort. When we need wisdom, he gives us ask and you shall receive. When we need strength, he says he will give you strength. We need to get out of temptation. He says, I will help you get out of temptation. He will do all things that we need by his grace. Um, but we have to acknowledge our need for grace and mercy. So if we don't do that, then we cannot have that. We have to acknowledge that. We have to embrace the mercy and grace of God. We need humility, as Jane 4, 6 says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In Micah 6, 8, he said, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We must first confess that all humans are sinners. 
Nobody's able to meet God's standard of perfection. Romans 3.23 says that. For of all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.20 says the law was brought to um, brought in, um, brought in so that the trespasses might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all that more. And if you are humble and are ready to accept God's grace and mercy today, you can. There is a deep desire of humanity for freedom from our sins and burdens. And the good news is that God has offered his mercy and grace to us for free. The Son of God has done for, uh, for our behalf all that we need for salvation. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, which is grace, is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according with the riches of God's grace. We are saved not because we are good, but it's all because God is good. He has paid all the necessary payments for our salvation uh, for us today. And so if you're listening to this and, and you're hearing this and you're saying, you know what, I want God's grace and mercy. Uh, I desire that now. And um, I want to surrender my way. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died and rose again on the third day. I believe that um, he can cleanse me of my sin, that he can set me free, that he can give me grace and mercy. Maybe you heard the story of, of my neighbor across the street that doesn't have grace and mercy, and you're saying, no, I don't want that to be me. I want to I be connected through the Spirit with God. And you can do that. And all you have to do is just br- humble your heart now. You just need to cry out, God, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, change, change me from the inside out, Lord. Lord, I choose today to just turn from my, my ways of doing things my way. And Lord, I want to do things your way. I believe in your son. I believe that he died and rose again on the cross. I believe that he did that so I can have a salvation and live with you for eternity. I believe, God, that your grace is sufficient for my life and that I can live out a life that's holy and pleasing to you because of your grace. And God, I desire that today. And if you said that prayer and, and, and acknowledged that, you know, the Bible says that all the angels in heaven rejoice. They are, they are rejoicing right now with you and celebrating with you your decision to follow the creator of the universe. And, and, you know, the Bible also says that we are to share and tell somebody about it. You know, go tell your friends about that you gave your life to Jesus. Go tell your, your, your spouse that you gave your life to Jesus, your parents, whoever that is, your coworkers. Let somebody know. The Bible says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. So don't, don't give your life to the Lord and not tell somebody. Go share what you've learned. And then the next thing is, is start pressing in. Find a, you open up the book of the Bible and start reading the book of John and, 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 and find a local Bible-believing church and, and get involved. And um, we would love to hear from you. And if that's you and, and you want, you need uh, like your next steps, we would love to help you with that. And you can just go on to riotpodcast.co, C-O, and click on the No God button, go down and click that and say, hey, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord today. And someone from our office will get, in hold, get a hold of you. We will help walk you through your next steps. If you need a church, we'll help find you a church. If you need to be discipled, we'll help get you discipled. We'll do whatever it takes to help you get on your journey. And so just contact us, and we would love to reach out to you. Bob, any last thoughts on that? Yeah, Pete, this has been a great discussion on mercy and grace. It's, it's helped me understand the difference, and I, and I pray that it's, it helped our listeners as well. 
So, like Pete was saying, you can go onto our website. Lots of resources there. If you just accepted Christ as your Savior, we would love to hear about that. You can do that in numerous different ways. You can go to our YouTube page. And when you go to our YouTube page, make sure you hit subscribe. And then click that little bell as well. And you'll get notified every time we have a new podcast uh, release, which is usually every Thursday morning. And then you can also go to our Facebook page, and I would ask you to like, share, and comment on that page. Um, a comment could be something as simple as you know where you're listening to us from. You know, if you're in California or New York or yeah, Albania or you know, <laughs> you know, Belgium. somewhere, somewhere, Dublin, <laughs> some anywhere. We would love to hear where you're listening to us from. Uh, I know we have friends that listen from all over the world. We have people in Africa and Europe and Asia and just ev- everywhere. And but we would love to hear. Uh, where you're listening from and then finally um, wherever you listen to podcasts if you're if you're listening to a podcast and not watching on youtube uh, make sure you share that with your friends as well it's easy you can just copy the link and share it through a text or share it through social media and uh, let somebody else know about these crazy wacky guys called the riot (laughs) podcast and uh, man we would be blessed by that and uh, you know hopefully you enjoyed listening to the show and i'm sure your friends will as well so please share that finally just happy new year we we love you guys we pray for you guys all the time Mm. and uh, we cannot wait to do this show again next week you want to give them a teaser what we're going to talk about next week yeah we're going to be we're breaking in the book of john yes the book of john can't wait yeah can't wait. Going to be a lot of fun. Last thought. John Newton said, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be, but still, I am what I used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen, guys. Have an amazing week of worship. Be blessed. Bye. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.